You've been lied to, but you don't know how. You've searched, you've struggled, you've cried out. You want the truth, but where is it? You've wandered, you've fought, you've strived, and you have not been satisfied. What is truth? Where is truth? Who is truth? The kingdom of God. Mind control. The last days. Higher dimensions. Unity. The power of faith. Discovering the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. God has promised that he will hide us under his feathers and under his wings we will trust. His truth shall be our shield and our buckler. Discovering the Truth with Dan Devon is the premier program that is designed to center you on the kingdom of God, to equip you with faith in Jesus Christ, and to unveil the truth behind the lies. This program is designed to show you how to become more than you have ever imagined through the power of truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And now, prepare for your host, Dan Duvall. You're listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. This program is designed to center you on the kingdom of God, to equip you with faith in Jesus Christ, and to unveil the truth behind the lies. This program is a production of Bride Ministries, and you can find us at www.bridemovement.com and, of course, at www.thefireplacechurch.org. Dan Duvall, where is the coolest place to be on Friday night? Is it at the club? Is it at the bar? Or is it at Larry's house? Whoever Larry happens to be in your life. There's a lot of Larry's, I know. Look, no. The answer is no. Not unless Larry's house is playing the Fireplace Church on Friday nights at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Why is the Fireplace Church so cool? Well, let me tell you, it's because it's a first-of-its-kind internet-based ministry service that offers, as part of it, an internet-based discussion group component following every service where you get to make friends around the world and not just at Larry's house. So let me tell you guys something. We are waiting to be your friend at the Fireplace Church. And if you don't have Fridays free, we have Sunday nights as well, so there's no excuses. Folks, we want to see you there. We want to make sure that you make a friend. You know, we built this platform for you. Now, there's a lot coming up at Bride Ministries, as always. We continue to help survivors at Bride Ministries. And every week, every week, we spend money. We invest what you guys give us in as far as donations and goodwill offerings into the lives of those that are suffering because they have to overcome the trauma that went into their satanic ritual abuse or government-sponsored mind control agendas. Folks, that ministry continues 
at Bride Ministries. We're also branching off. We're doing discipleship classes. We are doing conferences now. We just recently, this past weekend, had the Advanced Spiritual Warfare Conference, which was amazing. Everybody had a really good time. Their brains hurt afterwards, but that's okay because they get unlimited archive access so they can watch and rewatch. And now I'll tell you what, um, we are definitely looking into the future at doing uh, conferences through Bride Ministries on eschatology, which is studies of the last days, getting into some stuff on sheep nations and all of that, um, kingdom and how the message of God's realm overtaking earth actually fits into an eschatological context that's based in reality and what we are actually confronting in this world, including, you know, the powers of darkness, the Illuminati, uh, all this other stuff. You know, we're going to go there. We're going to get into ministry to the human spirit conferences at Bride Ministries. Uh, you know, if you want to be uh, hearing about this stuff as it comes out, be sure to get on our email list and jump on that at bridemovement.com or thefireplacechurch.org. Keep in mind, I have a few books, Higher Dimensions, Parallel Dimensions, and the Spirit Realm, the Kingdom, uh, Kingdom Government, and the Promise of Sheep Nations. Noah's Ark in the End of Days. Folks, you can get those books at our websites or on Amazon. There's going to be more books coming out in the future, I promise you. And I'm just really excited about everything that God is continuing to open up. We're going to be doing a conference in Tennessee, November 4th through the 6th. And that's going to be at Global Fire Church. Um, it's going to be me and Jeff Jansen. It's just totally exciting. A real privilege to be uh, sharing um, a... a, a uh, building and, and, and opportunity with him ministering side by side where we're going to be doing a, a, a conference on kingdom, on glory, on spiritual warfare. And if you want to be there live for the conference in person, because I'm going to be there in person, this won't be a digital thing. You can go to globalfireministries.com and sign up. It's $50 for a single individual, $75 per couple. I mean, really uh, just pocket change. I mean, that's one dinner. So we want to invite you guys to come. I'd love to see you there. Shake your hand. Um, with that said, we have an amazing program today. It's really going to be out of the box. I can't wait to get into it with my buddy Daryl that I met when I was in Australia. But before we get to him, I just want to say, look, folks, we have come a long way, but we are now really expanding. And, uh, we're happy to do it. As we expand, we want to see two things happen. One, <laughs> that you guys continue to support us financially. And two, that we begin to partner this thing with real businesses and sustainable revenues. Because, man, where God is taking this thing, um, it's, it's not going to be sustained on a couple thousand dollars a month. We spend a couple thousand dollars a week now in doing everything that we're doing. There are employees. I, I, there are contractors associated with Bride Ministries. We have money going out in a lot of directions. And folks, I'll tell you what, it's because kingdom expansion is happening at Bride Ministries. And if you want to be part of everything that this organization is, is really pressing into, um, if you want to link arms with us and help us to push this message forward, everything that we are putting out, bridemovement.com and thefireplacechurch.org, they have donate buttons. Partner with us. Um, look, the Lord loves a cheerful giver, and the Bible does say, give and it will be given unto you, pressed on, shaken together, and running over. Will God cause many given to your bosom? There, there's a lot of promises associated in the word of God with giving. Folks, generosity is a kingdom principle. I want to encourage you to... Um, 
you know, jump on board with us. And you can also write us a P.O. Box 362 Nash, Texas 75569. So that's all I'm going to say for now. Again, thank you all for those that have been generous with us. You're listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. We'll be right back. are now sitting down with a gentleman that I met when I was in Adelaide, Australia back in July. His name, Daryl Crawford Marshall. And he is one of the senior associate leaders at uh, Field of Dreams in Adelaide. The senior pastor is Todd Weatherly. And many of you that listen to this program will remember that I had him back on my program uh, just a few weeks ago, and we were getting into it on angelic realms and all kinds of cool stuff. Well, go figure, Todd is not the only cool guy at his church. No, let me tell you something. Daryl is also amazing. Um, he and his wife have a heart for souls and equipping the body to walk in the fullness of what God has promised to all believers. Um, they move extensively in the prophetic and are passionate about training people for revival and unlocking <clears throat> the prophetic gift in everyone. Now, of course, their church can be found at fieldofdreams.org.au. You know, Daryl, welcome to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. It's so good to be with you, Daniel. Well, you know, it's good to be with you, Daryl. I'll tell you what, folks, Daryl is a very, very unique person. And Daryl wanted to sit down with me when I was in Adelaide, and I was like, this is awesome, because I wanted to sit down with him. And uh, he had actually given me a prophetic word even uh, while we were just <laughs> having a chat and just sitting down and enjoying some fellowship. And, you know, later on, I think the next day, we were, went, went, took a trip to his house. And we went into a room to sit down and, you know, to uh, pray in a little bit of ministry or whatever. Really, it had to do with human spirit stuff, realm which we may be getting into today in some of these subjects. But the amazing thing was that I think maybe in the entire time we sat down, we said 20 or 30 words. That's right. Just looked at each other. And, and the communication was by the Holy Spirit. This is not yeah. normal, folks. I, I mean, most people that talk to me is like, oh, man, that guy, you know, he talks a lot, whatever. Uh, with Daryl, wow. 
the Holy Spirit was just communicating things back and forth. And there, there was real ministry that occurred. And I knew just right off the bat, like this guy, man, oh man, he is a, a spiritual powerhouse. And so, you know, Daryl, I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you. How yeah. did you get where you are with Jesus? Let, let's just start there. Okay, cool. So, so let me just give you a very, a, a very quick snippet of my background, so that so that people can, I guess, so the listeners can get a little bit of an indicator as to what I was born into. So, very, very briefly, I um, have been saved, and this is funny. I tell you a tiny bit of my testimony, but I've, I've been saved just thirteen years, and today is my spiritual birthday, thirteenth of October. So, so it's so it's it's great to be able to talk about it. And so, so I have been saved for thirteen years. I was really, really rebellious for many, many years before I met Jesus. Um, and the whole concept was that I was actually brought up. My mum was a high-ranking occult practitioner, and so my mother was part of the Astrological Society Society of London. She was on TV, she was on radio, she was on phone-in lines. She was actually extremely uh, well-known, and she'd been practicing in the occult for many, many, many years. And as a result of that, I had obviously had had an awakening to the things of the spirit and understood about the spirit realm and how things worked and how things operated. But I didn't engage in it specifically. And so what happened was that um, I, I was in a position where my mum and dad got divorced uh, when I was three. And I was just a really, really rebellious young man living with my mum. And I started to, I was an alcoholic from the age of 14. I used to pass blood on the toilet. By the age of uh, 15, I was heavily involved in drugs. Um, and to the point where when I was 18, I was in Alcoholics Anonymous. And the guys in AA said, look, you're going to die. Like, you're going to die. And I remember at um, 19 taking an overdose of cocaine and my father writing me a letter saying, we really don't think you're going to live much longer. And I was in a position where I'd literally uh, done, uh, just hammered my body to the place where it wasn't ever going to return again until um, I had all these Christian people saying, you need to meet Jesus. And I literally, and you were like this part, uh, I literally started to reach out. And I remember just listening to some random audio tapes about Christianity and all this stuff. And I just, uh, one day I was lying in my bed and I was just lying on a mattress on the floor. I was just, uh, yeah, it was just a bad scenario. And I remember saying, okay, God, if you're real, I want you to show me an angel. And I remember that night waking up at maybe uh, maybe two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, and there was a haze, a, a, a bubble at the end of my bed with a six-foot flapping wing in it. Now, I've been doing drugs before, so I thought, oh my, initially I thought, oh my goodness, am I just hallucinating right now? But then I felt, was, see, I felt that I could see so clearly, and I felt so much peace in my bedroom. I was like, oh my, this is just the most profound experience I'd ever had up until that point. And so in the morning, I woke up, and I said, oh, you know, uh, said to myself, remember, I wasn't in communion with God at this time, um, or at least an, aware, an awareness of communion. And I said, I said, what on earth was that, just out loud? And an audible voice came into my bedroom and said, last night you asked me if I was real to show you an angel, so I sent one to visit you. And that was the start of being, being awakened into the things of the Spirit, but also obviously being, being uh, awakened into a relationship with Jesus too. So it wasn't long, until, uh, long after that until I gave my heart to the Lord 
and I never drank an alcoholic drink again. I never did drugs again. And I started to move into the things of God. I very, very quickly going to Bible college and studying because I really felt like I was supposed to become a pastor. Now, that was obviously teamed with some, some incredible um some incredible experiences in the realm of the spirit that uh, I think because of my uh, mother and because of my background and limited understanding in the realms of the spirit, I, it was never shut down for me. So I started to work with the angels very, very quickly. I started to understand about the realms of the spirit. And then I started to moving, moving into the things of the spirit and uh, moving in the spirit and understanding how, uh, starting to learn actually how those realms started to operate. <laughs> Folks, like I said, we're, we're going to be getting into it today. My goodness. Daryl, mm-hmm. when you say you began to work with the angels very quickly. Now, <clears throat> I know that in my ministry, we work with angels all the time. First and foremost, the Bible says, are not all his angels ministering spirits for those which are inheriting salvation? Hebrews 1.14. Um, they're supposed to be working with us. Yeah. In the book of Psalm, it says, Blessed be his angels who excel in strength, who perform his word, who hearken unto his voice. You know, the voice of God in the earth is his word in our mouth. And mm-hmm. there is a very practical biblical foundation, especially, folks, and when you look at Revelation 22 and see the angel tell John, do not bow to me. See that I am your fellow servant. I mean, it uses the term fellow servant for a reason. It's because these guys are serving the same Jesus Christ that we are, but on the other side of the veil. So, you know, don't send me any emails saying, oh, you had, a, you know, this guy and he's nuts. Like, well, we're just going to send him back and say, God bless you. Um, this is where things go, folks. And we work with angels all the time. This is just part of how you solve problems in the spirit realm with the resources of Jesus. The Bible says his name is Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts. That is the Lord of armies. He has them. With that said, Daryl, how does it work for you when you are working with these guys? I mean, practically, uh, maybe from a mechanical standpoint, I'm fascinated. Yeah. Okay. So this is this is something that I, I'm obviously still on a journey with, and so so are many of us. But the 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 concept that I've learned um, over the over the last few years is that when there's a, first of all, it was it's to do with the sensitivity to to the realm and the sensitivity to the things of the spirit. Now, a kind of a one hundred and one is we have our spiritual senses. Ex- exercise to be able to discern both good and evil now a lot of people go into this thing where they're like oh okay i've got my spirit sorry that's hebrews 5 14 it says okay i can discern a lot of christians are very good at um, discerning the demonic so they'll go oh i picked up this spirit i picked up that spirit but um, it says to discern both good and evil and so obviously the angels are good and so what started to happen when i was being activated as i was telling you my story is that i was starting to sense different different beings and different uh, spirits and so what i would do is if i could feel something or sense something in a room i'd immediately ask the holy spirit who would speak to me continually when you ask the holy spirit a question he'll always answer you you've just got to be prepared to answer him just like 1 samuel 3 chapter 10 uh, sorry, verse 10, where he says, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. It's actually about cultivating an ability 
to be able to hear and listen from the Holy Spirit. So I say to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what is that that I'm sensing? And he'd say, okay, that's an angel of finance, or that's an angel of government, or that's an angel of deliverance. And so what started to happen was that from that place where I started to engage or sense what angel was was in a room with me, I started to then understand that the angel is sent on the word of God to actually do something. The angels are actually sent to do something. Psalm 103.20 says the angels only hasten or they hasten to the word of God. So if God is sending an angel, then if I can work out why the angel's in there, I can actually partner with heaven. I could, we, talk, we talk a lot about... Um, Father, your kingdom come on earth as is in heaven. Well, that's the whole point. If God is speaking something that an angel is riding on, because the angels actually ride on the word of God, when the angels are there, if I can partner with that angel by doing the thing that they're doing, I'll actually see an explosion of supernatural manifestation work through me according to what has God has already released through this angel and then hence I start working with the angels and I'll give you I'll give you a good example of that I was in um, I started to uh, so over the years I started to get this sensitivity the Holy Spirit would tell me what I was feeling what I was sensing and then it started to explode and I started to see really clearly so what started to happen is I was able to start I would see things in the, with the, the eyes of my heart I'd be able to see things in the realm of the spirit but then I could also start to see things in the natural I'd actually be able to see glimpses of the angelic in the natural too so I'd walk into the place and if I saw if especially if I was running a meeting uh, in terms of running a church meeting I'd be able to see which angels were there and for a long season maybe a year year and a half two years I would only ever do what the angels were doing so I would come into a meeting and I would wait and if an angel came in an angel say of deliverance I'd turn the meeting around and I'd say, okay, everyone, we're going to start to do deliverance. And as soon as I said, we are going to start to do deliverance, that was a, that was me partnering with what the angelic was doing. And people, the angel would just come down straight through and literally people would start to get delivered on the spot because I had activated the angel by working with it. So that is fascinating. So with your senses, you were able to kind of walk out with the Holy Spirit into this operation where you you're partnering with heaven <laughs> yeah. now this is kingdom this is and, and and folks i'm talking about this all the time what is kingdom living kingdom living is partnering with heaven that's what it is um very fascinating you know daryl you've recently um had some insights into something known as a cloud of witnesses mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. In, in in the book of hebrews it says you know that there is a cloud of witnesses and mm-hmm. and therefore we should run the race that has been set before us there that there are witnesses in heaven now one of the things that i i've had a revelation of is if um, according to philippians we are citizens in heaven from which we mm-hmm. await the coming of our lord jesus christ that cloud mm. of witnesses is actually around us on that plane. Yeah. In that realm. It's not yeah. like they're looking down, although they kind mm. of are, onto this physical earth. But we have a presence among them where we can do things like come boldly before the throne of grace to find mercy and grace to help in time of need. I, I really am looking forward to what you've been seeing in this area. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, this is this is, I guess, one of the most profound thing that's the things that's ever happened to me so i've been 
I think that really is, and and I'm so glad you brought it up today, Daniel. This is, and this is, if if anyone is going to email in, please do read the Bible before you email in. Now, there's there's a there's a concept of um, if if you're going to email something that is not necessarily in line with what we're saying. So listen, so listen to this. You've got this concept of Mount Transfiguration, where not the concept, sorry, the the story where where Jesus meets with Moses and Elijah. And it's really interesting that, that, that there's this concept where we are able to engage with people that have gone, they have gone, they've, they've passed away. Now, they're still alive, so they're not, we're not communicating with the dead, we're communicating with the living. And this is really, really profound. So what started to happen for me was, first of all, I had many people in my life die. And so my mother passed away two and a half years ago. I was able to lead her to the Lord. And I have, ne- I have never shared this stuff publicly, so I'm go- I want to share it uh, because it's important. But there has been a kind of a hold because I don't want to sometimes, yeah, it's just sometimes you release stuff and sometimes you don't. So what happened was that I had an experience, um, and I'd had experiences before with the cloud of witnesses where what would happen is, I would be with someone and one of the family members that had passed away would come and stand next to me in the realm of the spirit. So what would happen is that I'd be in a position, I'll actually share with you the, uh, one of the stories. So I was in a coffee shop about uh, two and a half, three years ago. And in the coffee shop, I was sitting next to a woman. I didn't know the woman. And she was just sitting having a cup of coffee, but she looked really, really upset. And you know, if you're sitting next to someone, you, I just wanted to engage and just see what was going on. So I said to her, hey, are you doing okay? You seem really, really, seem really down. And she said, you know what? Um, 10 years ago, it's, it's the 10 year anniversary of my uh, husband dying. And suddenly, as soon as she said that, I was taken out of my body and I was standing in a room that reminded me of a waiting area. And this is, this is what I'm going to be talking about today. So this is the, in terms of the cloud of witnesses. So I'm in this waiting area and it has a door on one side of it and the door opens and a guy walks out and he is just laughing. He's got rosy cheeks. He looks so happy. Now, you've got to remember, I'm still sitting on my seat, sitting next to the woman in the cafe. But at the same time now, I'm actually standing in this room, in this room, this waiting area now beside this guy. And he is laughing. And all I can think to myself is this guy is so, so funny. And so so I'm like, wow, this guy's hilarious. And um, and so I say to the woman and I've suddenly have this sense. OK, this is her husband. So I say to the woman, was your husband really, really funny? And she says, well, how did you know that? And I said, no, 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 let, 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 let me, let me um, qualify that. Was he really, really funny? And the woman started to tear up and she said, I don't know how you know that, but my husband was so, so funny. Now, this is crazy. So suddenly I'm back, I'm back in the waiting room with the husband, obviously sitting at the same time next to the woman in the cafe. So I'm in two places at once, bilocating. And the woman... The, the man turns around, opens the door in the waiting room and pulls the most beautiful woman out and stands beside the woman. And he smiles at me and he says, this is Ida. And I'm looking at him. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Is this his sister? She is beautiful. So I come back down into my body and I speak to the woman at the cafe and I say to the woman in the cafe, did he have a sister? And she said, uh, yeah. But and then I said to the woman, who's Ida? Well, I can tell you right now that the woman went absolutely white as a ghost. She was like flipping it. I thought she was going to pass out on the spot. And she said, Ida was his, Ida was his mother. So now I'm standing in a room in heaven with her 
husband who's passed away, with her mother-in-law who's passed away, and I'm ministering to the woman on earth about the reality of eternal life through Jesus Christ from ministering from the cloud of witnesses specifically into her world. And I really, and this is just the start. So what started to happen was that when I was with people, I would found my, find myself on a regular basis standing in the waiting room, the door would open, and then they would bring in people who, who had passed away that were directly connected to that person, and I'd be able to minister to those people specifically. And I would get the names of the people, I would get the when they passed away, I did it a lot with miscarried children, that the children would actually be brought, people have mentors in heaven, that they would actually be brought into the waiting area by their mentors in the realm of the spirit, I'd be given their name, I'd be standing with the mother who lost the child, and I would be able to say, this is, uh, this is what your, this is the name I got. They'd be flipping out. They'd go, this is the, her name. I said, yep, this is, and then, and then what happened was that the Holy Spirit would then add to it, and I'd be able to find out what their job descriptions were in heaven. And I can give you one more story of that if you'd like. Okay. Well, first of all, let's take some redemption out of this. Folks. I believe, I've always believed that miscarried children land in the Father's arms in heaven. Um, I actually wrote about that uh, related to the Book of Life chapter in my book, Kingdom Government and the Promise of Sheep Nations, as answering that question. This is confirmation for those of you out there that have lost children in miscarriage. Mm-hmm. Like, praise God, there is provision for that. Um, that is so encouraging. Okay. But the, the idea, uh, Daryl, that you can go to this place in the spirit yeah. and, and grab information. Now, that's yeah. going to really burst a lot of religious bubbles. Um, we yeah. are really good about that at Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. And I have really wonderful administrative assistants that field all of the mean emails. <laughs> So I can continue to do damage. Praise God. You know, but the reality is we are citizens in heaven, Daryl. That that means that that heavenly plane, that territory, the Father's house is a place where we have an address. We belong there. When the body of Christ begins to live like that's true, what you're describing isn't going to sound like Star Trek. Exactly. That's exactly right. It's for everybody. The, the, the reality is, folks, we're talking about kingdom all the time. People love to leave kingdom in the, uh, the, the box of philosophical ponderings. It's like, oh, that's cool. We are raised up and seated with Christ in heavenly places. Whatever the heck that means, you know, Ephesians 2.6. Hold on. You are talking about an application of revelation. Yeah. That is really, really amazing. Okay, next story. Go for it. Okay, so... so- I was in a um, uh, meeting about two, maybe two or three months ago, and I was ministering to a beautiful young lady who was uh, on the worship team, and she and I didn't know that her mother had recently passed away. Maybe I did. I can't remember. But what happened was, this is profound. I was in a position where I'd never been to the church before, and I said, hey, can I pray for you? And I prayed for the young lady. And as I prayed for the young lady, her mother came and stood beside me. And her uh, actually, her mother came into the same room that I'd been taken into, this waiting room area. And I said, what do you do in heaven? And suddenly she showed me that she was a florist in heaven. 
Now, she was the worship leader of the church that I was ministering at, but she was, uh, when I say she was a florist in heaven, you have, you have to understand what, the, what, what floristry is in heaven. Floristry in heaven is making things look beautiful, and I saw her working on the king's garden. Now, when you, flowers aren't normal in heaven, the flowers actually carry sound and frequency, and they sing. Now, she was a worship leader, and so she's got all these singing flowers, and she's replanting the, or she's planting these singing flowers into the gardens of heaven, and this was her delight. So I say to the uh, say to the, the the young girl I say and she was still uh, still on a journey with this with this thing with her mum and I said hey I see your mum would you like to know what she does in heaven and she said yeah I'd love to know and I said your mum is a florist in heaven and she makes all things beautiful well the woman start the young lady started to bawl mm -hmm. I said why are you crying what's wrong and she said a month ago. I felt like I was supposed to become a florist, so I quit my job, quit my university, and I started a floristry business. So, so in the natural. So, so what had happened was that she was already engaging with what her mother was doing. Now, I'm not saying that she wasn't. So it was nearly like her mum and her had such a kindred spirit, as it were, that she was taking on what her mum was doing in heaven. She was already taking it on on earth. And there have just been so many experiences where I've met with people specifically where I'll be able to, as I said, I'll know their name, they'll come and talk to me, but they'll actually give messages down to the people specifically, exactly the same as in the demonic realm. You have you have uh, people that obviously connect with uh, connect with the dead, and they say, "Oh, you know, do you want to do you want your family members saying this?" And people do seances and all of that, all that other stuff. But I feel like this is one hundred percent. This is the legitimized version of that. That there is a communication specifically from the cloud of witnesses that can come down and can actually bring courage. Now, let me just let me just say this. Let me say this, this is really really important. I have never ever gone after this myself i've never ever gone after it and said oh you know i want to go and see this i want to go i want to go into that room and find their fat i just don't do that i wait for the prompting i've only ever moved on it when i felt a prompting of the holy spirit and so what will happen so so it's always spirit-led and then when it's spirit-led i'm able to go engage in that then the family members will come and then I'm, I'm able to minister from that place and sometimes i'll sit and there'll be more than one family member so the family members will actually be called into the room according to the person not just one of them but sometimes two or three of them that are related to that person and they're able to they, they'll go and stand in the room and then i can minister from their names and the reality that they're in heaven and their job descriptions to the people on earth and bring them courage as to what their family members are doing in heaven. It's, very, it's an amazing, it's an amazing uh, experience and a, an honor to have that, I guess, that gift operating at the moment. You know, folks, let me tell you something. If there is a counterfeit, it is only because there is a genuine. In America, exactly. there is no such thing as a fake $3 bill or a counterfeit $3 bill, because there is no genuine $3 bill. You don't have a counterfeit if there's a genuine. Uh, conjuring the dead, occult, 100%, yeah. don't yeah. do it. Yeah. Uh, what Daryl's talking about is not that. And, and you know what? I know what you're saying is true, because we, in working with survivors, we run into stuff that's so strange and so bizarre. It takes a conversation like this to even get to the place where you're like, oh, well, maybe I'll tell that story. 
Yes. So, yeah, so here, yeah. here's one thing that we ran into. Now, there was a person who was basically killed in a ritual. Yeah. And they were trauma bonded with one of my clients. And yeah. so what happened was that, you know, they went through all kinds of things together. When the person died, that person had somehow in the cult found Jesus. Yeah. And so they went to heaven when, when they were killed. Yeah. But they were fragmented in life, mm -hmm. meaning yeah. pieces of their soul were scattered. Yeah. And a large chunk of it was embedded in my client. Yeah. So they were actually in heaven and they felt wholeness in heaven. Mm -hmm. But there was a chunk of them that was in my client. Mm -hmm. And in the process of ministry, we actually had to, be, be, because they could actually feel the emotions emanating off of this piece of that person that had been fragmented and lodged within them. Yeah. We had the angels remove that and they took that piece of that person out of mm -hmm. my client where it was yeah. trapped in what I would call a... Um, a spiritual prison. Jesus mm -hmm. came to open the prison doors to them which are bound. This includes soul fragments of people trapped in other humans. Wow. That, that, yeah. That's what it includes. Because we, we've run into I'm just giving you one example. This is one story. They yeah. took that up to the person in heaven and reunited it. And mm -hmm. where that person was in heaven, my spirit was. Yeah. My spirit that's... was there with them in heaven when, when as this was happening. Yeah. And I remember, as a matter of fact, um, in the process of ministry involving the same person that's in heaven, yeah. I'm not sure if it was the same day or a different day, I remember talking to the person that I'm talking to on earth on the phone and knowing that my spirit is in heaven with this person waiting for another step in this ministry to kind of break up this ungodly tie. And mm -hmm. it's like, look, um, what can you do but tell the story and, you know, give testimony to the glorious liberty of Jesus Christ, who is actually setting people free. Um, yeah. The person that I was working with got set free in a mega way wow. from this. Yeah. And this is what happened. Mm -hmm. Just like the people that you're ministering to are touched deeply. And this is what happened. Mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. fruit. And, and, yeah. and folks, before we move on, I just need to say this. You'll know them by their fruit. Yeah. Daryl, we, yes. we need to talk about the body of Christ here for, for a minute because in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, mm -hmm. there's this, this whole thing about people being placed in the body. I love it. I, I did two uh, presentations on the Fireplace Church yeah. talking about division of labor. But you talked yes. about heavenly jobs. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. But when, when you cross the veil, there are yeah. actual jobs in heaven. Yeah. Oh gosh, I love the fact that you've just gone into this. This is like one of my oh, this is like one of my favorite things to learn about. There's uh, and there aren't many people. There aren't many ministers that um, talk about it. I know that many people might have heard of Cat Care, and she 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 uh, speaks about specifically different jobs and things that people people do in heaven. But uh, are you asking me about the division of labors in heaven specifically or let, the things? Let, that, let yeah. me ask you this. Yes. What yes. other jobs have you become aware of that people yes. are actually doing in the spirit and in heaven as they are serving Jesus? 
Yes. Okay. So this is this is where we start to get into into stuff that's really really exciting, in my opinion. Not that any of it, any of the other stuff wasn't exciting, but normally what God's speaking to you currently really activates you and brings something in. This is what I'm finding absolutely fascinating. I and I know that I know that a few of your listeners will have started to experience this. But when you're born again, you're born again of another place. And because we're born again of another, not to give you 101 again, but because we're born again of another place and born of spirit, we're actually called to engage in that realm. Now, I, I know we're called to engage in that realm to bring it down to earth, but I really believe that we can actually start to do some of our heavenly assignments now, which is really, really exciting. Now, I've been in, in and out of various locations in heaven for many, uh, many, many times. And, and just to be completely open with you and the listeners today, I spend a lot of time going in and out of heaven. And I mean, engaging with the cloud of witnesses. I've had one experience where I've met the uh, 12 uh, disciples with Matthias replacing Judas. I've actually met all 12. I've been taken into mantling rooms. I've been taken into rooms of protection where you're given particular protection for particular assignments on earth. I've been taken into uh, one of my uh, favorite places to go into is the library room. And people say, sometimes I speak to people and I say, oh, uh, wouldn't you love to be a librarian in heaven? And, and a lot of people that I speak to, you know, in the natural, I'm having a conversation and go, no, I can think of much uh, things that I'd f far rather do. But people don't understand that in the library room, I've been into the library rooms and the records rooms. The records rooms I've been into are called, in heaven, are called Seasons and Changes. Uh, no, sorry, uh, Times and Seasons was one of the records rooms I went in. And they need to understand that, that any book in heaven isn't just a book, it's actually a portal. Uh, it's the easiest way to explain it, is that it actually ca it's actually allows you to step into that particular place when you read the book. So let me give an example. If you go to heaven and you got you wanted to read something about the cosmos, or you wanted to read something about Saturn, or you wanted to read something about a different place, you wouldn't just open the book and study it in the library in heaven. You actually open the book and you step into that dimension and you learn by being in that dimension in the realm of the spirit. So a lot of my travel in the realm of the spirit starts in the library room. I mean, I've never shared this publicly, actually. So isn't that exciting? But a lot of my experience, I go into the library room. Then I step into a book and then I flow through that book into the realm. And so I've been into Saturn and uh, 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 just many other things. Um, and, and it's not always that way, but I've started to learn how things um, operate. But your question wasn't about that. Your question was about uh, specifically about different roles and functions. And this is what I was trying to say, that there are people that work in the library rooms in heaven, that there are people that uh, work in, uh, oh gosh, uh, there are tour guides in heaven. Um, one of the people that I ministered to recently, one of their relatives who had passed away was a tour guide. And they couldn't believe how fitting that role was because they said that when they were on earth, they were so flamboyant and so charismatic and 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 being a tour guide would be the perfect fit for them in heaven and so i'm really interested that there's that there's so much more yeah that, that we're moving into a realization at the moment of that the i guess our mandate here on earth is part of our mandate isn't just to isn't just to minister to people here even though it is but it's actually to discover who we are in the realm of the spirit and what we're called to do right now in the heavenly realms and how we're called to administrate that uh, onto the earth too so both of those things <laughs> just ridiculous this is so much fun right so so you come back to first corinthians chapter 12 and, and this is what i was saying Look, yeah, yeah, yeah. The body, the, the the Bible is very clear. Yes. 
As the body is one and has many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Yes. For by one spirit we are baptized into one body. Whether we are Jews or Gentiles, bond or free, we've all been made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. And if the foot shall say to the hand, because I am not of the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore of the body? So, so what, is the, what is the foot? The foot does a job. It walks the body, right? It steps on stuff. If you're a real champ, you're going to step on serpents and scorpions in the devil's face. Maybe kick them in the teeth or somewhere else that's more painful. Um, look, the reality is foot does a job. Ears do a job. Hands do a job. Yeah. And some people say, well, yeah, you can serve in the soup kitchen. Oh, yeah, you could be a deacon. You could pass out flyers. And you can, yeah. you know, yeah. put diapers on the babies. Right? That, yeah. that is your reasonable service in church. Mm -hmm. Come on, folks. Seriously. The Bible says... We are raised up and seated with Christ in heavenly places. Let's just shatter the grid here. The church is not a building. It is a body. Yeah. Yes. It is a body in Christ. Mm -hmm. It is a mm -hmm. heavenly family. That's transdimensional by design. Yes. Transdimensional by design. The only reason why you can be raised up and seated with Christ in heavenly places and present on earth in a physical body is because by design, you are transdimensional, in other words, being capable of being mm -hmm. present on more than one dimensional plane at the same time. Yeah. And as we are that, we have, see, no, no kingdom ever operated on uh, single jobs only. There, there's no kingdom that's ever worked where everybody was a doctor. Or mm -hmm. everybody was a physician, uh, a, a farmer, a fireman, or, you know, a whole town of firemen. No one grows any crops. Everybody dies of starvation. Like, it just doesn't work. You have to have division of labor for a society to function. What yeah. makes us think that heaven is any different? But we're yeah. part of a society existing on another plane, manifesting yeah. into this one through our hearts and physical bodies. <laughs> So as we begin to partner with that reality, everything shifts. Yeah. My gosh. Absolutely. And I think part of what, and I, I, I think part of what you're getting at today, and I think this is really important as well, is that we need to understand that we're not earthbound people, beings. In, in any way. I know we are, but we're not, but we are, but we're not. It's one, of those, it's one of those things. It's a paradox in the kingdom. And the reality is that what God wants to do is he wants to awaken us to who we are in the spirit and what we're called to administrate in the heavenly realms. If we can start to see our tasks, not just based on, now I, I'm all for serving in churches. I mean, I've been a, a, a local minister, as it were, on the ground for many, many years now. And so it's very, very important that we serve the local body and that we do stuff in church and all of that stuff. But we need to start to see who we're designed to be in the realm of the spirit and what we're called to administrate and who we're designed to work alongside in the realm of the spirit. Now, I'm glad, you, glad you're going into this place today. And I didn't. And obviously, it's my first time on the program. And I've heard some of the programs before. So sometimes, you, 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 you know, you're still testing out the waters. But I'm glad that I'm glad that we're going here. I believe. And this is going to sound completely out there, but I like it. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you like it. <laughs> I, I, look, I believe that we're actually building something in the invisible realm that people are being awakened to at this time. That there's a lot more depth to that statement, 
if you say, Lara, and you, uh, if the listeners just think about that for a second, that we're actually building stuff outside the things of the natural. So you're actually building a world right now with the Lord, working with people with different gift sets, actually not just building it, but actually establishing something in the realm of the spirit that when that that you can actually this is so bizarre people still need to understand that there are there are places so when you say there's a realm in the spirit that place so for example the waiting room that i go to in the spirit that is a real place every time i go back there it doesn't change it it it, it sometimes i get to see a little bit more of it but it doesn't change that place has been has been established for people to go to, to actually engage with, I think, with the people, the, some of the cloud of witnesses. So because that's a real place, I actually believe that we're called to not just engage with those places. And this is this is where, what I love. I actually believe that we're called to help build some of those places. And I don't know if, if some of oh, this is on. where people go, oh, my goodness. This is where, oh, I'm happy you're talking about this. I believe. <laughs> I'm serious because I feel like we we need to go there and we should go there. And I didn't know how deep we were going to go today, but let's just do it. Well, I've already started, I've already started building cities, uh, so I'm already places that I'm going into and I'm abiding in. And so I want to encourage you. I, I'm not always aware 100% of what's going on because it's my spirit man, and I, we talked about this a little bit before. But it's my spirit man that's engaging. But let me tell you, there are half built cities in heaven waiting for members of the body of Christ to be awakened because the, they can only be fulfilled when the body of Christ walk in the fullness of who they are in the spirit and they can come and actually help build and establish those cities in the realm of the spirit and they exist right now and I'm seeing them even as we're talking and I'm going into one and they're half built because the body of Christ still needs to be awakened to the reality that their part is when they're awakened in the things of the spirit and who they are in the spirit, that their part is that they truly are like Bob the Builder. They need to come and build something with teams in the realm of the spirit. They're actually going to be building cities and fortresses and places in the spirit that other people can come and look at and, and hang out in. Now, this has application. I mean, I mean, because people don't realize this, just how real. It is. OK, let me let me say this one. Where's the waiting room in the Bible? Daryl, where's yeah. the waiting room in the Bible, Dan Devine? I don't read about any waiting room. Mm. Hold on. Okay, Ephesians 1.3 says we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Now, this is the reality. If you read my book, Higher Dimensions, Proud Dimensions in the Spirit Realm, you will learn that heavenly places are locations found across various higher dimensions. Locations in the Spirit and there are many references in the Bible to heavenly places. They are both in heaven where God is and in the other areas of the spirit realm where evil spirits are. There are places. They're called heavenly places. So we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places. But at the same time, you know, we are raised up and seated in the, together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So you have heavenly places all over the Bible. That terminology is key. There are real places, and they take all kinds of manifestations, like libraries or storehouses. And, and I'll give you the other side of it. There was a day where we were um, running an exploit in the heavens because one of my clients had a part of them that was trapped in one of Thoth's libraries. And, of course, Thoth is the Egyptian 
God of time and thoughts and also uh, behind a whole bunch of other diabolical things going on right now. He's part of a group in the spirit known as the ancients, along with Horus, Isis, Osiris, all these guys are real. And, and, and so we um, are trying to get my clients set free from this spiritual prison. Again, why? Because Jesus Christ came to open the prison doors to them which are bound. Isaiah 61 goes far beyond the natural realm and physical prisons. Yeah. But they're a prisoner to this library where they are a librarian for Thoth. Okay, it's a big problem there. And they get abused there because, you know, evil reptiles in the spirit show up at that library and look up information and pull papers, scientific papers, no less, and then abused my client's yeah. part. I mean, it, it's just horrible. So we go in and, and, and it was not small. What, what we did was we took the entire library after we got my client delivered out of the heavenly place in the second heaven and put it in a second heavenly place in the third heaven where they couldn't get it. Took his library mm -hmm. and all of his information. Angels were going through it after we were done. This is the reality of this stuff. This is what I'm doing. I did this mm -hmm. all, all, like a, maybe a year. I, I don't know. It, it was, we did this a while back. Yeah. And um, the reality of things being in places in the spirit realm is yeah. so real us being able to influence the spirit realm you know the bible says in ephesians three ten to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of god might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places and and, and then here's another thing daryl the bible says that we are living stones yes mm -hmm. that's a building block yes that's right that's right Sorry, you got me fired up, brother. Usually I'm like interviewing people. I'm nice. I don't know what happened. What, what are you doing to me? No, well, I don't, look, this isn't about what I'm doing. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is where I feel like this is where this is, this is, I mean, it just feels like something that God wants us to tap into. And I don't in any way believe that every believer on the planet before they pass away is going to catch this because i just don't think they are i don't don't think it is but there always will be a remnant of hungry people that are hungry for the things not just for knowledge but hungry for truth hungry hungry for the things of god and what god wants to release to them and god is going to take some people into places it's nearly like he's going to start to introduce people to holy spirit training camps or training seasons or intensive training times that they never believed were, were even possible where god is enlarging our capacity because a lot of it's just to do with our capacity to be able to to be able to think through something just actually what is possible what exists and what is my part in what god is showing me right now so it's this. So I love the fact that you're talking about these obliterating libraries and 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 shutting stuff down. And I just think that there's so much more. And I know this sounds really basic, but there is just so much more than we can possibly imagine. And part of it is being in a place where we can just go, okay, God, what of the more do you want to show me today? What of the more do you want to show me? And He said, why? I'm glad you asked. I'd like to show you about this particular. I'd like to put, show you about about the way that the way that these things have been set up, or these heavenly places, or what your calling is in 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 helping restructure this thing. And 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 I feel like even if I feel like people are starting to understand that they are, we are all called to partake in something in the heavenly places. 
it's not just for the out there person that sees a lot or for Daniel Duval or for Daryl or for Todd Weatherly or for, or for whoever else. It's actually for every believer to come. It, not every believer will have the same function, but it is the calling on every believer to engage in the heavenly places and to be able to have an awareness uh, of, 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 of what it is in the spirit, being born of spirit, you know, in him we live, move and have our being. There's no limitations and we can go all around and we can see so many things uh, with truly no, with no uh, very little access limitation on us. Uh, but we really need to be in a place that we allow the Holy Spirit to, to blow our grid in order for him to be able to move us into the place where we can start to engage in some of the things that you're talking about and, and you know, the things that, that, that yeah, the things that we're, we're talking today. Well, yeah, it's the things that we're talking about, man. Um, yeah, it, it, it's just really interesting. And, and it, this is the thing. This is what I'm going to say. I, I propose that the graduation comes along with a revelation that we are not just a body with a soul that engages earth realm, but we're a body with a soul, but we are spirit and we are a spirit that has a soul and lives in a body and that our spirit is a part of us that is designed by God to be active in heavenly business while we live on earth. Yes. And when we have a revelation that we have a spirit that is designed to partner and be supercharged by the Holy Spirit to execute assignments given by God in the spirit realm, because we are a spirit in the spirit realm, that, uh, that is what allows us to graduate into an actual applicable uh, pursuit of this. Exactly. And and in my book, and, you know, I'll just say it like this. In my book, Higher Dimensions, Parallel Dimensions, and the Spirit Realm, I get into the spirit, man. And, of course, we've done other programs with Dr. Rob Ruckert, and I talk about it just by myself, whatever. Spirit man conversations. We have a spirit according to 1 Thessalonians 5.23. You know, um... As I was writing my book, I said, you know, we, we really have different minds. We, we have a, a conscious mind and we have a subconscious mind. Many people are aware of that. The, the, here's how you know you have a subconscious mind. The kid that sits on the diving board and does not jump goes through this. Jump. That is the thought that runs through the conscious mind. You will drown and be eaten by a shark. That is the thought that runs through the subconscious mind. So there Mm -hmm. is a conscious thought to pursue an action. There is a subconscious thought that is based on a belief system. For the kid that won't jump off the diving board, that belief system is fear. Mm -hmm. For the person that won't pursue a job or career or educational opportunity because they're afraid of failure, fear programming has kept them out of that. And so there there is a, a conscious mind. There's a subconscious mind. I say there's another mind too, the mind of the spirit. And for Mm -hmm. most people, I call it unconscious because we have no awareness beginning off for most of us unless, well, maybe you did. I don't know. I didn't. um, That we even have a spirit. Yeah. But when we slide into that mind, which is us, it's who we are, Mm -hmm. it becomes a super conscious mind capable of engaging spiritual senses and the spirit realm at large. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think when you 
Oh, sorry, go on you, please. Uh, no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm just okay. No, I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, I just think I, I think that when you move in this spirit, you never go back. And so that's what it is. When you understand that we're actually awakened, and you actually you actually have the ability. I, I just I just gave a, a scripture, Acts seventeen twenty eight. Now, for a long time, that was my departing point scripture. When I wanted to move into the realm of the spirit, I just meditate. Okay, in him I live, move, and have my being. I'm able to move anywhere where God is, and God is everywhere. So I thought, okay, if I'm able to move, I started out by just flying. So I'd say, okay, I'd start to just fly. I'd start to, I'd start to engage my sanctified imagination and say, okay, I'm going to now fly over Peru. I'm going to fly over this place. I'm going to fly over this place. And normally, uh, normally, just to say, though, normally where the Holy Spirit was prompting me and not trying to astral project somewhere. So really important that it was spirit-led first of all. But then God allowing, awakening me to say, okay, well, I'm gonna, where are you praying for today? So I wouldn't just begin to pray for a nation. I'd be over the nation in the spirit, and then I'd be able to land in the nation and go to key places in that nation uh, in the realm of the spirit. And it was so real that sometimes I would pray over something in the realm of the spirit, and the Lord, I would come back into my body, and the Lord, Lord would say, you did such a good work in the spirit there, you will actually have to go and manifest it on the ground now. You will be invited to go to that place. And literally, I would do it. And the next day, let me give you an example. I was in over the parliament house doing some stuff over the Parliament House in Canberra about five years ago. And I was doing all this stuff in the realm of the spirit. And, and I came back into my body and I was literally just sitting in a chair. I came out of my body. I started to do stuff in the realm of the spirit, but I was doing it just over, uh, just over the earth, over the Parliament House. And I came back into my body and literally my phone rang and someone said to me who had access to the prime minister's offices said, they rang me and said, we really believe that you're supposed to now walk, you're supposed to walk, the halls of parliament uh, with us now. And they had no idea what I was doing in the realm of the spirit. So it was just so tangible and so real. But as I said before, it was literally understanding that if I don't understand that I'm a spirit being, I'm immediately shut down. I've, I've immediately limited myself to the natural reality of where I'm at right now. And that, that isn't who we are in the spirit. Who we are is so free. We have access to to so many places, and it's literally just charged by our faith and our belief our belief systems. Gosh. <laughs> oh, this is so much fun. Um, okay, Daryl, I, 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 I want to take a little bit of time now and and, and talk about realms with you just for a minute. The spirits, realms. Um, you know, one of the things that happened while, and I, I hope you don't mind talking about this. I, I just thought it was really cool. Um, mm. When we sat down together, you began to see some really wild things as, as I began to talk to you about, you know, we've got to give us a realm. Um, and they, they're, they're assignment specific. Mm -hmm. um, where does that come from, Daniel? Uh, well, realistically, I'm not entirely sure yet. <laughs> this is what I do know. I know that I was doing warfare with people the old way. A mm -hmm. lot of renunciation, a lot of you know nitpicking, trying to find a legal right here or some kind of you know uh, loophole there, and you know get them free, and it would take a long time, and it was all kinds of whatever. 
you know, and, and my spiritual weapons, they, they were, you know, the word, of course, and, um, you know, faith and obedience and, you know, we, we were using, you know, this classic stuff, repentance, renunciation, um, confession. Well, God began to show me that I, they had this, like, realm, and um, I could just use it in, in spiritual warfare. And I remember one story, uh, and I shared this when I had the Praying Medic on my program. We found that a portion of a person's spirit was on board some kind of craft in outer space. I mean, this sounds ridiculous, but this is exactly what we saw. Mm-hmm. And the uh, craft had all these like glass things, and in there they had the spirits, and they would have a tormenting spirit, and it would be the piece of the human spirit that was in there. And it was like a viewing gallery. Uh, evil spirits, including Lucifer, would just go up there and look at his handiwork. And, you know, I, I assume most of these people were Christians um, with pieces of their spirit just, just in prison, but it was on board this craft and it had all these like glass, you know. And, and, and so as I began to go into ministry session with the person, they saw it very clearly. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I opened up my realm over the entire craft and went into warfare. And all of the... Uh, glass prisons exploded angels came in and took everyone out mm-hmm. and then it, it it was you know basically an opening all these other angels came in and they began to swiss cheese that craft until it like was totally just annihilated um yeah and it was a, this massive deliverance i don't know how many thousands of people they were all set free from one i just call them exploit and it was really expedited there was no mm-hmm. confession, re- renunciation, repent, this, that. It, it was, let, let me um, do this warfare on a whole other level because it's been given to me by God to do it. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I'm doing it in Jesus' name. But um, I, I think the closest passage that I have to explain this is in the book of Jude. And it says, uh, well, the angels which kept not their first estate but left their original habitation... Uh, he has reserved um, in everlasting change under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. And so one of the words there um, is it, it, it essentially archi or uh, a, a realm, a jurisdiction, a principality. And the other word is habitation or an oikaterion, which is a, a body. Um, same word that Paul uses for a house from heaven. It's like this body that we are going to get when we are we, well, redeemed, Jesus comes back and we, we get our new bodies, right? So um, it's the same word there, but they didn't keep their first estate. It, it's this archy idea. And I think that many people, when they read this passage, they think, well, angels are the only ones that will get an archy from God. Not so. I don't think mm. so. I mm. think the revelation is that God gives spirits archies or regions of jurisdiction. Yeah. And humans are included in that conversation. So I've been finding with many people that I will ask Holy Spirit, show them their realm, and -hmm. they'll begin to see something. Now, Mm -hmm. I I haven't explored this fully. I'm actually like kind of digging my own ditch here because like if we begin to get questions about realms, I I can't quite answer them. Um, But those of you that sign up for Advanced Spiritual Warfare will get everything I know. Uh, But anyway, um, Daryl, you have some unique stuff to say on this. I know it. 
Yeah, well, I mean, the first time I, I mean, this is funny, the first um, show that I ever listened to uh, with you specifically was with regards to this whole this whole concept, these archies, these realms. And then when I you came to my house and I said, look, I really want you to pray with me. Uh, when I, uh, I had, so, uh, I think you remember, I just had some stuff that I wanted to deal with at a heart level, you know, some, some as you say, human spirit stuff that I needed to get uh, to the bottom of. But the reality was that I really believed that the reason that we had a divine connection that day and the reason that you came into my house, I had prayed the day before and I said, I remember saying, God, I just need him in my house, speaking about you, Daniel. I said, he needs to come into my office and he needs to sit in the chair in my office because I I did the day before and then the next day you were sitting in my office and I was like there you go and so I knew that you were actually called to activate me or you were called that there was a part of who you are in the spirit Daniel is you are not just an activator but you truly are an equipper of the body to come up to a not just a realization of who we are and what we carry but actually the reality of how we then activate that and how we administrate. So it's realization, activation, and administration. And it's those three things that you do so that you do so well, both through your radio show and obviously I've had some encounters with you one on one, and 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 not just when we've met in person, but even since you've been uh, back in the states, and I'm obviously still in Australia. We've engaged many times, and you say that your spirit man. Uh, many people will say, "Hey." Daniel, your spirit man came and did this with me. And this is all on the topic you're talking about. Because when you left, I really saw that you, uh, well, I mean, I had experiences where I was taken out of my body with you. And we went and you trained me in things of, of, of advanced warfare. Now, when we spent time together and I said you were in my room and in my office, I really believed that part of the reason that you were with me was to help activate me uh, first of all, a realization, then activation, and then an administration of who I am in the realm of the spirit and actually to help build me up in the things of advanced regional warfare and so and and cross the uh, cross dimensional warfare, too. And so when we started to speak and I said, you said, look, I just you said, I'll help activate your realm. I had never I had never had any experience like the experience that I had after, both during and then after our, our visit together. And so what had happened was that normally what I was doing is when I was doing work in the realm of the spirit, I would go and untangle things from sometimes things were linked up to plan, uh, 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 planets and different and different. And it sounds a bit it sounds a bit odd, but that's okay. It's just the way it is. Sometimes when I was untangling stuff, I was working so hard. Let me give you an example. You were talking about your craft. Uh, sorry, you're talking about the craft that you went then had your realm to go and obliterate. Now, what would yes. what would happen for me prior to having an experience with you? I'll give you an example. I would have gone to that craft, and instead of having my realm obliterate that craft, which I would do now, or specifically, you know, I'm still learning as you are learning what it looks like to activate my realm into those into those situations. But what I would do is I would have a, I would have had maybe in the spirit a glass breaking hammer. And I would have broken each of those windows individually. And then I would have had a spanner in the spirit. And I would have started to deconstruct that craft by hand. And so what was happening is that I was taking so long to do something that, that I knew needed to. And that, if you remember, that's what I was saying to you. I was saying things are just so tiring. It's taking so long to actually, to actually bring massive breakthrough into these particular things in the spirit. 
So when I started to speak to you, what happened was my eyes were opened to the girding that I had in the realm of the spirit. And I remember, I don't know if you remember, but you started saying to me, you were saying, look, can you tell me what weaponry you have? Now, I'd never even thought about what weaponry I'd had before. But, you know, the, a, a sword of the spirit. I hadn't even gone into that level. I think, you know, I'd seen a bazooka and, you know, different things to just blow things up. But I started to reel off. My spirit man started to say stuff that I didn't really have a cognitive awareness of. So I remember saying, I've got a laser sight and I have big boots and this is what these are for and this is what the laser sight's for and this is what... And, and what was happening is it felt like I was actually... If you remember in Avatar, they had they were operating in those... I don't even know what they're called. You probably remember, you know the name of them. But those big armored suits, those suits that are robotic, they, they like charge... They're suits that are charged not just with an armor, but they're charged with a weapon system that is far greater than what I could do normally. And that's what I felt happened. I felt like I stepped into one of those weapon suits. And since that time, that suit has the ability to... It, it moves far quicker than I used to move. It's It charges more power... But also, there's an ange there are angelic hosts that are connected to it that when I step back into that suit, which I re really believe represents my realm, it has different levers and controllers on it, that I really believe that represents my realm, they're actually activated to such an extent that instead of me doing little, thing reg little things regionally, I was just in Peru, before I went into Peru, I felt the Lord say, you are activated now to go over the whole nation. So go over the nation and deal with stuff in the realm of the spirit over the nation before you go. And I don't know if you know, there have just been two earthquakes, one in Arequipa and then one in a place called Moyambamba. Well, let me tell you, the places we went, and I'm not saying it was just because of me or what we were doing, but, but what I am saying is really interesting that the only two earthquakes that Peru has just seen are both in, and these are small towns, Arequipa and Moyambamba. They're small towns in Peru. They're the only two towns that we had been in, and there were the, where, that's where the two earthquakes were. And so I was going up. So we went into the realm, we did stuff in the realm, we went and did crusades, we saw thousands of people saved, and while we were there, there was an earthquake right when we were there. So it's just, it's just, it's just bizarre that as I'm starting to be activated into this, this realization that things can be done in the spirit a lot more quickly, as I start to realize the realm that I'm carrying is, and, and I don't know if you mentioned this, but this is what it is, the realm that you carry actually overtakes other realms, strongholds, and fortresses. It doesn't just, you don't just go and dismantle something. The realm actually overtakes, I think you spoke about this in your last uh, program, it actually overtakes the whole place. Yeah. So you're actually moving a whole, it's nearly like you're moving a city or a town into a spiritual city, a demonic city or town, and that town then over obliterates it and then replants a whole new system of structure in that place. Well, it's huge, and, and here's here's the evidence, right? So we were in Port Macquarie, and I said this on one, my other program when I was talking about Australia in general. We went into warfare, and we were on a tower, um, the highest point in the city. It was a, 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 like a, I believe it was an Anglican church. Um, so five of us went up there, me, two pastors, and um, two others, just like seers and uh, wonderful ladies. And... Uh, you know, I poured oil in like a circle, like, you know, as, as I was walking around a tower and that was like, you know, we're sending these prayers out 360 degrees over the whole city. And we go to pray and, um, you know, 
we just begin to tackle there's like some kind of dragon some woman on a throne some this you know and, and the seers are kind of seeing it while i'm going at it and i'm also seeing it. we had identified some targets before we even got started whatever um i i'd say about you know 20 percent into what we were doing or whatever kind of stopped for a moment looked off in the distance on one side of the tower and there's like a light with no source point it's just like floating like huh mm. What's that light doing out there? Well, we keep praying and go back into it and more warfare and command this and execute that and, you know, just decree, decree, whatever. I'm, I'm just going at it. And I go on for a while. And then I stop. You look. I'd say it was like 80% into the prayer. That point of light became mm. a ring. And it was so large, it surrounded the entire city. And we mm. all saw it. Five witnesses. We all saw the light. It, it was a ring of light. And in some areas, it was wider. It was like even like broke up into like different kinds of waveforms. In other areas, mm. it was more like you know just a single band. It surrounded the whole city. And when we were done, it vanished. Mm. Now, I said the first time I, I, I made this uh, comment, I was like, yeah, that, that was a, a sign from God that he was moving. As I thought about it more and searched it out with God, I actually think that was my realm because mm. I was called, literally appointed by God to go there and do territorial warfare on behalf of the whole city. And yeah. I wasn't going as a guy with a voice to stand on a tower. I was moving with a realm that literally had the authority to overtake the city. And, you know, it's a different way to look at warfare. Mm -hmm. Overtaking things. I remember one time I was in session, and uh, it's so funny how we engage these heavenly powers at times. It's getting more and more um, easy. And there was one day where I had to go up against, I think it was Asmodeus or something like that. And oftentimes these guys will come out, they'll hack the body, they'll take over and, you know, they'll try to say this or, well, you can't do that. And I'm not going anywhere, you know, like back in the day when like they would argue. Now, there's this day where I was going after Asmodeus and the person sees it like before he knocks him out. And it's like they see like this whole, it's like a planet. It's his realm. Asmodeus has a realm. And so I go after it um, with my own realm. And we begin to wipe all this stuff out. The only thing he said when he jumped in the body and hacked it was, F you, Dan Duvall. Like, there was no arguing, no, you know, let, let's just sit here and waste time for 40 minutes and go back and forth and I'm not leaving. And it was simply a F you. Mm. Because he was upset. Mm. But somewhere in the Bible, I believe in 1 Corinthians 15, it talks about having been given the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. And I think somewhere in the heart of God, he designed believers to win, Daryl. Yes. And somewhere in the provision of God, there is an ability to start winning. Mm -hmm. And I think we're finally beginning to get the grid for what that's going to look like. Wow. That's amazing. Christians are so sold on losing. I have, I'm, I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm preaching too much, man. They're so sold on losing 
that they use the Bible to pamper themselves in their defeat. Mm. So many messages preached to just help people feel better as they're at the bottom of the abyss of their loss and the conquests of the devil against them that have been successfully executed. You know, I don't think that's the heart of God. Not that people don't deserve to feel better when they've been crushed by the devil. I mean, these things happen. There's a place we need to arrive at, though, where we say, you know, loss is not really something we're accepting. Mm -hmm. We're moving beyond that. Absolutely. I think I think that that's it. I think that the whole concept of us being a victorious people is something that we as a as a body we really need to grasp. I think that I think that one of the strongest spirits that I uh, I've been ministering for a long time kind of one on one with people in the church and and the defeatist mentality of and and not just the defeatist mentality but there's this spirit called slumber i don't know if you've ever seen him in the spirit but he's like a sumo wrestler mm. and he comes in and he actually sits on people so i'll minister and i'll see him so i'll be ministering to someone maybe in an office and i'll see the spirit of slumber as a big sumo wrestler just basically sitting on it it's apathetic it's lethargic it, it becomes complacent you know it's a, an apathetic spirit and then what happens is that god spoke to me and he said that the language of of apathy is actually complacency so so when people are apathetic when they're feeling lethargic when the that spirit of slumber comes on them they start complaining and so as you know the confession of your mouth is so important to create a thing and it will be established and so what's what so what the, the devil's been trying to do is take away this not this victorious mindset out of the uh, obviously your mind's in your heart out of the abundance of the heart and the mouth speaks and with your mouth you're actually creating the world that you live in and you're actually empowering yourself. So, so what's happening is that a lot of people are just there's there's this lethargic, apathetic thing, this slumbering thing on people. As they speak, their all their all their hearing is complaint complacency, and with the complacency, there's no room for the victorious the reality. As he said, you know, it says that it says that God always leads us in triumphant procession in Christ. Well, that's always He always does, and all we need to do is tap into the reality of that, and then we're starting to then we're starting on the journey of what does it look like for me to live a victorious life in Christ. And I know that sounds that sounds really basic, but the reality is that we've got to you've got to catch hold of your own world then when you catch hold of your own world and who you are then you can actually start to tap into what god has called you to do on a much larger scale scale sorry in terms of being uh, being an administrator of the victory of god and then what you're saying obviously uh, and and what does that look like then cross-dimensionally and what does that look like and actually obliterate instead of saying Oh, you know, there's something going on in my home. There's something going on in my town. Well, what does it look like for us to actually walk into, after the realization and activation, walk into a full administration of the victory of Christ in our town, in our city, and then starting to take and overtake cities like that so quickly as soon as people start to catch that and starting to walk that out on a daily basis? Well... <laughs> Daryl, I'm, I'm kind of torn here because I'm like, man, we need to keep going. On the other hand, I'm like, man, that's a lot to digest. Yeah. Let me ask you this. 
What else is on your heart right now mm. to say? Yeah. Okay. So I think that I think the things that are on my heart is this is this. It, 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 I'm I'm very much an, I'm a very much a prophetic equipper. So so for me, it's all about helping people come into a place where they are walking with God according to what God is calling them to do and what God is asking them. And, and, and this is something that's on my heart a lot. As Christians, and this is nothing to do with your program, Daniel, or anyone else, uh, just in general. As Christians, we're really, really good at finding out a lot of information. So we get a lot of information. Now, now what, what happens is that just because we get a lot of information, that what we do is we presume that just because we're getting this understanding or this information on something, that God is actually calling us to move into that thing right now because God's, God's so personal and God personalizes so much stuff that what we have to do more than anything else is actually ask God to awaken us to what he's doing with us and in us in our particular season. This is really, really important because what God does is God does things systematically and strategically for us personally. And so one of the things that over the years I've spent a lot of time with a lot of people and one of the things that people don't, they haven't yet, yet as a body I don't think we've grasped fully is give us today our daily bread. Now what people will do is they'll say, oh no, I read my, I read a Bible, I've got a Bible, and I do my daily read, and this is all linked to what we're talking about in the realm of the spirit and and cross-dimensional warfare and advanced warfare and all of that stuff. But it's truly this is what's so important. It's what people do is they get into a reading plan. I've never done a reading plan in my whole life because I can't. I can't do a reading plan because I don't. Because how can I do a reading plan if if that particular reading plan set up by that person isn't what God is speaking to me on that day, then all I'm reading is what that person has set up in that reading plan. I need to work out. I need to work out, God, what are you saying to me today? What is what is my daily bread? It says in Matthew 4, 4, Jesus says, man does not live on bread alone, but on every preceding word from the mouth of God. And this is really important. So we need to, on a daily basis, get the preceding word from the mouth of God in order for us to be and to develop uh, this relational connection where we can work out, okay, God, what are you asking me to do and how are you asking me to function? And it goes back to what you were saying about 1 Corinthians 12, about each of the, the member having many parts and each of us have a, have a different function. And we start to learn about who we are by engaging with God on that daily basis and listening for the words from his mouth. You know, there's a beautiful song by a guy called Jonathan David Helser, and in it he says uh, these lyrics, and he says, I've seen I am, and now I know just who I am. And you know, it's really important that as we seek after God on a daily basis and seek after the Spirit of God, there's an awakening in us to who we really are and who we're called to be. And when you know what your fit and your function is, you find a level of rest that you can't find from any other place because you know what your design is. And when you know what your design is, you start to move into the functionality of that design and you don't trouble yourself or worry yourself with things that are outside that particular jurisdiction or metron or fit for that particular design and that's where a lot of christians uh, get get so confused that's why people say i'm just not sure what i'm called to do i don't know what i'm and that's why that happens because people don't actually engage god in a place where they actually start to uh, allow him to unwrap their specific function in the body 
so what, what you know so yeah that's that's i guess that's one of the things that i'm really passionate about at the moment that people seek him that they engage with him and that they find out exactly what their primary and individual function is and where they fit in the body assignment based living yes exactly right that's yep. exactly it oh my gosh i love that message folks you know jesus said to his mom when he was 12 and they had to go back and pick him up from the temple where he was wowing all these guys he said don't you know i must be busy about my father's business jesus understood assignment based living and the reality is that release into a lot of the things we're talking about is going to be paired with a response to the assignment that we actually have from God. Yes. Not one we invent ourselves. Exactly. It's a walk of obedience. This is not coming from, this is not a cult conversation. This is, let's look at what God has for us in the deep end of the pool. Mm. This is walking out a relationship with Jesus Christ that's mm -hmm. based in obedience and submission. Yes. Him. Mm -hmm. My gosh. Exactly. Exactly. And I think part of, and I'll just, I'll just say this quickly. Before I struggled for so long and I knew that I was called to be a prophet. And there's this big thing about the fivefold in the body. And you know, are you a prophet? Are you an apostle? It actually doesn't really matter. But it, do, it just matters that you know what you're called to, you know. And I think for a long time I was... Uh, I was saying, well, you know, I feel like a prophet and I just want someone to call it out and I just need that. And, and I think after about six or seven years, uh, so, you know, I started to get called out and there was more recognition. I started to do prophetic conferences and all that stuff. Not that that really matters. But what started to happen was that I started to understand, as he said about assignment-based living, that God spoke to me and he said, he said, in Jeremiah 1, it says, before you were born, I set you apart as a prophet to the nations. And in the same way, you've got these predestined, preordained job description that is being given to you and tapping into that. People call it the scrolls and cut it, you know, tapping into the scroll or the, or the uh, yeah, the thing that you've been called to do uh, primarily. And so what started to happen is I started to disengage with the things which weren't connected specifically to me being a prophetic voice and then obviously stepping, you know, and, and, and marrying the assignment-based living of what it was to be a prophet. Uh, and, and taking away the other stuff so that I could actually just rest in the, the fullness of that mandate. So when I went to places like Russia or uh, or I was in Peru or I was in, when it, in one of these nations, I would literally be given a scroll from God. I would digest the scroll. He would put me in a position where I'd be sitting with one person of influence in Russia, one person of influence in Peru, one person of influence in, in, in Australia, and I would sit with them and I would literally give them the word of God that was written on the scroll that he gave me. And that is my assignment. That is who I am. That's what I'm called to do primarily. More than anything else, that's what I'm called to do when I'm on earth is deliver the word of God to particular people. God spoke to me said i'll give you the ears of kings and i'm starting to see that more and more outworked in my life where i get to sit with people of influence and literally 
just deliver the word of God. And that's what I just feel like every person, and I feel and I know that I'm in, in doing exactly what I'm called to do when I'm here on earth. And I feel like many people are going to start to experience the rest that comes of them just administering exactly the mandates, outworking the mandates that they were given before they were born while they're walking here on earth. Brilliant. Mm -hmm. You know, Daryl, why don't you close us in prayer? Yes, I'd love to. Thank you. Yes, please do. So, Father, we just thank you for everything that you that you've done today, God. We thank you that you would that there's a new level coming to the body of Christ of equipping and awakening. And Father, we thank you that there would be nothing that would hinder any person listening to this program of them coming into that that time of awakening where they can start to embrace more of the fullness of their identity as spirit beings and what it looks like to administrate their divine assignment with God. I speak right now an activation into the reality of desi- a divine assignment over every person that listens to, to this recording in the name of Jesus. I just declare right now that there will be a new level of outworking in your world of administration in the things of the realm of the spirit. And right now, if there's anything which has locked anyone up, Father, we thank you that there would be that they would walk into a place right now of complete liberation from those things in order that they would be able to soar in their heavenlies like they never have before. Father, we thank you for that time of awakening for every person. And we thank you for Daniel. We thank you for this incredible radio show, God. We thank you for the ministry that he has and for his call and for his mandate to not just activate and awaken God, but to bring courage into the body of what they're really called to and what's really available to them. In the name of Jesus, we bless that. Amen. Amen. And Lord God, I add to that prayer that for those that are releasing their faith for it and are listening to this program, that you would allow them, even if it is currently inaccessible to them, Mm. to see their realm. Mm. their sphere the thing that has been appointed to them in Jesus name Amen Amen you know what folks (laughs) you've been listening to Daryl he is a senior associate leader at Field of Dreams in Australia their website is uh fieldofdreams.org.au Daryl, I want to say thank you for taking the time out of your day to join me. Thank you so much for the invitation, Daniel. It was a pleasure and lots of fun. (laughs) Uh, Folks, until next time, God bless and Godspeed. Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall is the premier radio program designed to center you on the kingdom of God to equip you with faith in Jesus Christ and to unveil the truth behind the lies. This program has been a production of Bride Ministries. You can find us at www.bridemovement.com At our website, you can contact us, access resources, and support us with donations. We need partners in order to continue to produce our vision 
which is to promote unity in the body of Christ worldwide and assist in the creation and development of sheep nations. Partner with us and be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Until next time, God bless and Godspeed.